Hello, I'm Jason Ball, and this is Friends with Friends, the podcast where we explore all 236 episodes of the TV show Friends, one at a time. I have my good friends here, Jackie and Vanessa. Hi, I'm Jackie, and as you should know by now, I'm the biggest Friends fan. And I'm Vanessa Martinez, the newbie in the group, and we have a guest. And we have a guest, Gary Sussman, co-author of the book Friends Forever, the one about the episodes. Welcome, Gary. Welcome back. Happy to be here. Gary, do you have to research again every single episode, or do you know every episode by heart now? Oh, no, I had to go back and and stream them. Uh, (laughs) So there there was a period after I finished writing the book where I did not want to watch Friends again for a while, but... uh, You know, because I just I couldn't enjoy it as, you know, on a fan level for a while. I, I just had to. I would look at it and I would be like, well, "Wait, why didn't I mention that? Or did I get that detail?" <laughs> and, and, and so, but but I can you know uh, now I I think I have to subscribe to HBO Max so that I can start watching it again. Right. <laughs> Although it's still in reruns on cable, so I can catch it that way, which is good. Mm-hmm. And if you're in Los Angeles, you can watch it here on KTLA too every night. Um, I, I actually find myself re- re-watching them and, and laughing and kind of I'm, I'm trying to take notes and what I want to talk about. And then I just kind of lose myself into the show because it, it's really funny show. Yeah, it was incredibly well written and, and very well directed. You know, I, I, I talk a bit in the book about uh, Jim Burroughs, who, of course, directed the pilot and quite a few of the other episodes. But he really set the tone for the entire series, uh, you know, with his direction. It, it, he's, you know. Also, you know, the director who's known for Will and Grace mm-hmm. and for Cheers and for a lot of other, you know, really grown-up, sophisticated shows that are very well written, that have very, you know, complex direction and blocking and that uh, are very light in tone and uh, very good on the way that adults relate to each other. So uh, I, I give him a lot of credit as well as uh, the writers and the actors. I thought they do a good job of like bringing real life issues, particularly for twenty somethings, in, and then putting a like serious issues, but then kind of putting a comic twist on them. Like we all experience the same thing, sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, there was that one episode in the first season, for example, where they're all talking about money, uh-huh. which of them have it and which of them don't, and how quickly your fortunes can change. You know, Monica has a job at the beginning of the episode, <laughs> by the end, and. Uh, and, and, you know, that's an occasion for them to, you know, suddenly, you know, recognize that there's real dramatic stakes going on and also to make some jokes. So uh, it, it's a really good balance of, of those things. And it's also, Jason, why, you know, as you've noted, the, uh, you know, younger audiences are still discovering the show today and finding it relevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a perfect 20-something show whenever, whenever you're... 20 something and then i don't know about you gary watching it now i have a very good sense of nostalgia a big sense of nostalgia for the 90s and and being in your 20s i do too uh and you know i was you know i'm i'm the same age as the characters and i was living in new york at the time that the show was on so uh even though the show was filmed in burbank i still get some (laughs) deja vu of watching it and uh you know being in that atmosphere and you know, we all had a, a central perk in our lives somewhere where we used to, where we used to go hang out and and, uh, uh, and the friends that we used to hang out with. So, yeah, that's very much a part of it for uh, people who remember the show from the first time it was on. I actually lived in a in, – I was living in Memphis at the time at, when it first came out, and um, I was living in an 
apartment building and I literally had like six friends who all lived in the same building and we would hang out either in our apartments or on the roof or, you know, down at a restaurant nearby. So it was, it, you know, the, it, it reminds me of that kind of collective living almost that you, you do in your, in your twenties. Right. Well, of course, you know, when, when they show, when they sold the show to NBC, they sold it with the log line. Uh, this is the time in your life when your friends are your family. And it was a, a unique show in that respect because you know, all of sitcoms, and I wrote about this in the book, but all of sitcom history pretty much is shows that are about families. And for a long time, they were about, you know, actual families, people who were actually related to each other. And then they were about workplace families, people who uh, spent a lot of time in the office together. But this was the first one about people who were together because they chose to be together and they actually genuinely liked each other. All right. Well, let's get into this. The one after the one after the Super Bowl part two uh like we said this was on january 28th 1996 and 52.9 million viewers the most of any uh friends episode including the finale so jackie tell us what happened so they find out that marcel is um, a movie star in the first part but now they actually find out he's filming in new york city so they visit him on the movie set and that is where chandler meets makeup artist Susie, played by Julia Roberts, and makes him wear her panties and ditches him in the bathroom without any clothes. <laughs> and then the girls, um, Rachel and Monica, fight over Jean-Claude Van Damme. I, I, this episode, too, I, I kind of felt like it was just a, a big stunt. You know, they, yeah. they moved the plot along or anything, and you're trying to get Julia Roberts on, who's a you know, huge star at this point. And you, when yes. she pops on the screen, you understand why she's a movie star, too. She is so charming and graceful on this it just kind of fills up the whole screen you just I, you know i haven't seen a julia roberts movie in a while and you, when i saw her i'm like wow now i remember why she was yeah. as big and popular as she was her smile just lights up the whole screen the way she's looking at matthew perry you know because they were dating at the time and when i first watched this i didn't know that they were dating at the time either but i always thought their chemistry was good it wasn't until later when i found out that they were actually dating at that time i but don't remember them dating Gary, they, didn't date, they didn't date for very long, but yeah, it started right around <laughs> the time of this episode. And uh, uh, and then they both moved on to other people. But um, that was certainly uh, part of, you know, the the draw. I mean, that in addition to the whole Super Bowl thing and the whole all the rest of the stunt casting. But yeah, I think people were watching in part to see what the two of them would be like together on screen. And it's funny because one of her first lines in this episode was poking fun of actors. I forgot specifically what she said. She was just like, oh, actors. Like, the, the the eyebrows. like she was trying to do some something with the eyebrows. eyebrows and John going to be making out with, and then she mentions a, a name. I didn't recognize either. Hey, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, Julia Roberts has done quite a few projects where she's sort of critical of the whole uh, stardom apparatus. You know, if you think about it, I mean, starting with The Player, where she was really making fun of her own status in Hollywood, and then this, and then Notting Hill, uh, you know, and then uh, America's Sweethearts. So uh, lots of lots of things where, you know, because I, I, I did interview Julia Roberts very early in her career when just right after she became famous from Pretty Woman. And she was sort of a, a deer in the headlights at the time. There was so much going on around her and she had become so famous so fast and her head was really spinning about it. And she uh, had a hard time figuring out how to handle it. And then I interviewed her uh, shortly after this episode came out a few months later and uh, she was much more relaxed and secure and uh, self-confident about uh, her stardom and, you know, her place in the Hollywood universe. Hmm, that's interesting. So what was the time 
table difference. It was, it was just a couple of years, wasn't it? it, it was, there was five years of difference between. Okay. Uh, so uh, a lot had happened to her personally and professionally over those five years, and uh, so she'd had a lot of time to adjust. But her brother was a big star long before she, or he was a star like in the eighties, the Pope of Greenwich Village and all that. That's that's right. Yeah, Eric Roberts. Uh, yeah, I mean, for a long time, Julia Roberts was just you know uh, Eric Roberts' little sister, uh, and then Pretty Woman happened, and she, her fame eclipsed his. I, I've interviewed him too, and and uh, you know he's of course very proud of her. But there was a a, a time where they had a, a falling out over unspecified issues that uh, <laughs> they weren't really talking to each other, but. Uh, uh, you know, about 10 years ago, you know, she came out with Eat, Pray, Love, and he came out with The Expendables on the same day, and they were both big hits, and, uh, you know, everything was hunky-dory with them. <laughs> <laughs> but her plot, her her role in this was just so good, the sexually aggressive Julia Roberts. This is really aggressive. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's funny, the... Uh, you know, Chris, the, the the whole thing hinges on the fact that uh, uh, Chandler once uh, showed everybody uh, her upskirt uh, during mm -hmm. during the time when they were in fourth grade together, and it's and and so this was her revenge for that, and it it's, reminds you that when Chandler was younger, he really wasn't a nice guy. Uh, late, you know, he wasn't. Later on, you're gonna. Uh, you know, and Vanessa, you haven't watched this yet, but later on, you're going to discover that, uh, you know, when Monica was uh, younger and, and much larger, uh, she uh, had a crush on uh, one of Ross's college friends who made a really nasty remark about her. And it was that remark that inspired her to lose weight and become slim. And that friend was Chandler. Uh, so, mm -hmm. so he was, you know, we all enjoy Chandler's sarcasm and his snark, and, and he's, Matthew Perry makes him very funny. But uh, he's done some things that uh, you know that have hurt people, or at least when he was younger and not nearly as sympathetic. And here's a point where that really comes back to uh, mm -hmm. to bite him, and uh, uh, and it's really sort of funny to watch him pay for it. It's hilarious, and I noticed too. Also, when they're in the bathroom, when Joey, they're all at the restaurant. When he gets down naked into her panties, and then she leaves him. Joey came into the bathroom. He could have given him his jacket. Like, why didn't he give up his jacket instead of the door when he walked out of the restaurant? Yeah, it, it, it's much funnier to watch Chandler leave the restaurant with, with the door to cover him, but the, the door to the stall. <laughs> right. I thought that was very funny because you would assume that it would take like. Joey's jacket or Ross's yeah. jacket. But he took, the door was a very funny plot device that was really good. But, uh, you know, it's that uh, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, like the Brooke Shields part in the last episode, I mean, she plays it to the hilt. She mm -hmm. is all in and, and goes all the way. And, you know, I, I think it's interesting for these big stars to come into this environment that's completely different i mean shooting a sitcom is completely different than shooting a movie so to come into this environment where there's this big ensemble and on the stage and just laying it all out there i think is really great that they created an environment where they both felt so comfortable just to, to you know go all the way in yeah it's worth noting that i don't think julia roberts has done a whole lot of other tv right you know, she hasn't really done a whole lot of you know even 25 years later she hasn't done that many guest spots and until she did homecoming for amazon homecoming. i don't think mm -hmm. she'd done a regular series so 
this is one of the really rare occasions when you get to see her do something like that. Yeah, and even Homecoming is very different. It's shot more like a movie than a TV sitcom on a set in front of an audience and all of that, too. So it's, yeah, I I thought it was really interesting that she just, I mean, she seemed to be having a great time. Yeah. I heard she was nervous going on to set, too. So because probably she was so, it was so different, like, like you said, you know, TV series and a movie. Yeah, she said, I heard her, I read something that said that this was the most nerve wracking thing she's done aside from auditioning for Pretty Woman. Wow. Yeah, well, of course, the way they film these shows is really different from the way you film a movie. You know, in a movie, you you're, you're, you have a, a fair amount of leisure and you can go back and redo things if you don't think they work. But here they, you know, pretty much tape the whole thing in six hours and, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and more or less in sequence. So, yeah, I'm sure it's a much more nerve wracking process for someone who's not used to it. But I don't think she and Matthew Perry had very good chemistry. I, I, I understand why they didn't date very. I understand why she was probably attracted to him, and obviously why he was attracted to her. But they just didn't really seem to have. You kind of see why it didn't didn't work, right? I thought they had good chemistry, but maybe I'm misreading yeah. it. <laughs> I just thought they had good chemistry as in acting chemistry, I guess. Because same, I didn't know they were dating until after the fact. But I just thought it was hilarious, and they both played the role just mm. great. I just don't really believe it. <laughs> I don't believe she dated him. Because <laughs> she's up here and that and the, the looks, I don't know. <laughs> she's not a type, though, I feel like. And I don't think he's her type. No, I don't know. <laughs> Wasn't mm. he known as a heartthrob then, <laughs> Matthew Perry? I don't know. What do you think, Gary? I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I think all three of the guys on that show were uh, – known as as heartthrobs just because they were on the show mm-hmm. uh, you know but uh, uh, I think everybody would agree that Matt LeBlanc was you know yeah. heads, above, <laughs> heads and shoulders above the other two in terms of looks totally but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah no Matthew Perry uh, yeah, had a fairly active uh, celebrity dating life in those days and uh, so it wasn't a surprise that they were dating uh yeah, there was certainly a prestige difference because she'd been in movies and was, you know, a huge star and he'd only just become famous. But uh, uh, I don't think anybody was terribly surprised or disappointed when it didn't last. Yeah. Speaking okay. about types, Jean-Claude Van Damme, also in the episode, was really digging Rachel, but Monica was the one who had a crush on him. <laughs> yeah, that was sort of funny. This is, I think, one of the first times we see Monica and Rachel competing for the same guy, and we'll mm-hmm. we'll see it again, you know, a few more times throughout the series. But uh, the and, and John Claude Van Damme, we now know, you know, is is very uh, open to the idea of making fun of himself, uh, as he's done in, in other projects. But uh, uh, yeah, at this time, you know, he was also you know much bigger, you know, and, and and people recognized him as the muscles from Brussels, and they knew all of his action movies, and so. Uh, it was sort of a big deal to have him on the show too. Not as big as Julia Roberts, but still uh, a big deal. I wanted more out of the fight from Monica and Rachel. I wanted to somehow evolve their relationship, and I don't really feel like it did. I mean, they made up at the end and all that, but I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I wanted more. I don't, I don't know what I wanted from it, but I wanted it to be more of a profound moment at the end when they made up. 
Yeah, I was just hold, it was just Phoebe holding their ears and says, you know, if we were in prison, you guys would be my bitches. You know, <laughs> this is, that, was, that was the most profound moment in the book. Yeah, I mean, Phoebe's yeah. funny in it. That's for sure. Oh, but it was good. I, I liked that scene. I thought they did it really well. I was just laughing out loud the whole entire time. I watched it. And even when I rewatch it, too, I mean, it still plays, you know. But I, I get what you're saying, Jason. Yeah. But here, what's worse? I mean, a marinara handbag or tearing your third date sweater? <laughs> <laughs> marinara handbags, Vanessa. <laughs> yes, for me, that would be it. <laughs> I didn't write that Rachel's gloves were inside of it. It's the <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then Drew, Bar- Drew Barrymore, too. Who would, of course, you know, uh, star in Scream a few months later with uh, Courtney Cox. But. Uh, yeah, the they should have had a, a disclaimer. You know, no handbags were actually harmed in the making of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but but yeah, I think what uh, yeah Phoebe has the funniest line in the show there with the, the, the mm. if we were in prison line. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't know the as as you, you guys have have mentioned already. This is you know a, a really fun episode, but not one that advances the overall storyline mm. very much. So uh, it all sort of washes off later that, you know, and, and there is no real consequence to the Monica-Rachel rivalry in this episode. Mm-hmm. I, don't even, I don't even feel like the, like Chandler, we didn't learn more about his, I mean, we learned that he was kind of a pest, you know, when he was a kid, but we don't really, he didn't grow from the episode or anything or from the experience either. I mean, it was very funny him walking out with the door. Don't get me wrong. That was hilarious, but it was, um, I don't. I didn't yeah. think it was the best word. Yeah, this was almost like a Seinfeld episode, you know, including the whole no learning, no hugging thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. Let's take a quick break, and then when we come back. We'll talk about uh, Marcel and his uh, stardom, and he and Ross's relationship, and how that goes. We'll be right back. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about, all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, and we are back, Friends with Friends, the one after the Super Bowl Part 2. Um, I think it was funny that the restaurant that they end up going to is called Marcel's. Yeah. I don't know why that was, or why, why would they name the restaurant after the, the same name? After as the, the monkey. <laughs> Maybe it was an ode to him. Oh, and I, I thought it was interesting too that the the other actress is uh, Julia Roberts' older sister, Lisa. Oh, I didn't Which know other that. actress? The, the one that yeah. is the director's assistant. Oh, yeah. So jo- they're they're on a double date, and then Ross yeah. comes along. Yeah. So I didn't know that either. What's and I looked her up on IMDb, and she's been in a lot of Julia Roberts movies, like playing these one-off <laughs> characters, which is, I don't know, that's interesting. Do you know anything about her, uh, Gary? I do not. 
<laughs> Maybe Julia just wanted to have her sister come along just to keep her company in the trailer and on the off time. <laughs> yeah, so, so what do you think, Gary, when they said that, uh, when they asked about how big Marcel's uh, stardom is, they said, what, if he were human, what would he be? He's like Sybil Shepherd big. <laughs> yeah, that is funny. I mean, it's the, the uh, you have to remember Sybil Shepherd also had a show on at this time uh, called Sybil, where she was the star and playing a essentially a version of herself. And uh, so, you know, sort of big, but she was also making fun of herself in that show as somebody who wasn't nearly as big as she thought she deserved to be. So, um, yeah, so that was a joke that works on, on a number of different levels it's uh it's also funny that the movie that they're working on in this episode is called outbreak two you know of course the first outbreak you know a monkey played a key role in that one so the monkey was in a way the star of it so it's you know this one is obviously not as big as outbreak one because outbreak one had you know dustin hoffman and morgan freeman and <laughs> so and this one's got john claude van damme so you know it's a different it's, take yeah so so i think everybody you know is aware uh, of of uh, that that it's not quite at the status level that is as prestigious as it ought to be. Yeah, I think it's interesting too. It's a now with everything going on that it's a pandemic movie too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah, watching it now it probably makes it a little bit creepier. <laughs> yeah, you kind of tilt your head and go, hmm. <laughs> but did you guys notice? Okay, so in the beginning of this episode, when Joey um, tries, or when Joey tries to impress the directors those directors oh, yeah. are the creators i pause it i was like oh there's um kevin and marta and david and i think the actual director of this um episodes and he actually walked away with an emmy on um for the series or for yeah, the episode. No, no the director walked away with uh uh the emmy for oh, okay. the episode mm -hmm. but it, yeah it's funny because it's, it's the second time the three of them have been in like a, you know, a scene, uh, and so they're putting themselves in these cameo positions, and they're they're always together. I think that it's kind of fun. Mm -hmm. That's cute. Yeah, I but I really love the ending. How um, <laughs> Joey, you know, got the role to play play a dying uh, a dying victim, but yet he can't play the role, so they just have him play dead the entire time. He's yeah. so bad, he can't even play. <laughs> he can't <laughs> Cat nails a grunt. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, it was good. And they changed the lines. This man is dead. Yeah. <laughs> Playing dying is hard. Yeah. Dying is a hard role to play. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, we're we're gonna watch a lot of you know uh, for Vanessa. We're gonna watch a lot of Joey's you know interaction with with semi-famous or actually famous people in his movies over the you know, or attempt to break into movies over the next several seasons. So uh, this is a good taste for that. Mm -hmm. Hey, are you finding a lot of people still haven't watched Friends or am I the only one? Well, <laughs> yeah, a, a lot of a lot of younger people, of course, haven't watched it. And um, it's sort of fun to watch to, to see them discover it because there's a lot about Friends that, you know, doesn't necessarily uh, that, as they say, hasn't aged well in terms of, of its politics, mm -hmm. and yet, and and I don't want to go into that in detail, but because uh, I'm sure you guys have talked about it at, at some length already. But uh, it, it's suffice it to say that none of that seems to matter in terms of the ability of the show to still be relevant to people and to make them laugh in spite of uh, it, 
the these um, parts of it that that uh, aren't as politically correct as as, uh, mm. as they might have been. It's you know a, a lot of what they did then was was really seen as progressive and cutting edge cutting edge at the time, uh, even if it's not now. And and so maybe that's one reason why it still retains some freshness. I do think the actually the only kind of poignant things for me was in this episode where where Marcel comes back to say goodbye to Ross. So you, and it continues that line of Ross kind of needy Ross needing, you know, affirmation from other people. And, and you know, even you know, people are other primates. Yes. Because, you know, Ross gets his feelings hurt so easily. And, you know, it was a nice that he came back at the end. I thought. I mean, he even planned a candlelit dinner for Marcel. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> and then he gets stood up. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. <laughs> yeah, this is, I guess, at a, a low point in in uh, the Ross and Rachel relationship. So he he really uh, doesn't have much else going on. So it's it's. It's nice that Marcel is there at least a little bit as a substitute, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, but he really needs to get out more. <laughs> he does, he does. Oh, poor Ross. <laughs> poor Ross. All right, favorite <laughs> moments from this episode? Mine would be the Monica and Rachel fight. I loved that fight. I was laughing out loud even after so many times of watching this episode. I still love it. It still plays. Mine was that same part, especially Phoebe's line where she says, if you were in prison, you guys would be like my bitches. <laughs> that is the funniest part in the show, but uh, a close second, I guess, is Chandler walking out with the bathroom door. <laughs> Chandler walking out with the bathroom door because I did not, because I was thinking, how are they going to get out of this? You know, they, he can't just stay in there. He's got to do something. There's got to be something. But I did not see the, the bathroom door coming. And I do love John Claude at the end. goes, this man is dead. <laughs> all right well gary thank you for joining us uh, yeah thank you gary thanks yeah. guys this was a lot of fun good yeah. gary Smithen, the author co-author of the book friends forever the one about the episode very good resource for any uh uh friends fans out there you'll learn something for sure yes and if you like this episode subscribe and give us five stars and leave a nice comment and jackie where can they follow us at friends with friends podcast on instagram but stay tuned. One of my favorite episodes is coming up. <laughs> I think it's my favorite episode. <laughs> so we'll have lots to talk about on that one. Thanks. <laughs>